listening to episode 184 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our look at season three of TNT's The Librarians. And we reached the end here, so got some good news to share in a little bit. But how you doing? I am doing great, especially since two days ago I discovered that uh, my Fios plan now includes BBC America once again. I'm telling you, you know, it's uh, for me, January 1st and DirecTV, that seems to be when everything changes and, you know, price increases go up, channel lineups come and go. And and I think I probably told you at the time we lost channel 11 for about five days. Well, they were in, you know, a dispute. Right. So uh, surprisingly enough, like about an hour before the first NFL playoff game aired or was set to air. They came to an agreement, and DirecTV said all along, "All you know, it's just a matter of us flipping the switch." So, right. So, so anything else good besides BBC America? Not that that's not enough for you. I, I mean, I don't know. You know, it, it's like really just like fortuitous. Um, it, like you know, with FiOS, you have like this thing that's down in your basement that I guess I don't even know what it is, but it's it, it started beeping. And so, like, the little, like, there's a battery in it and it said, like, the battery was low, which is weird because this thing's, like, plugged in all the time. So, the battery's never, like, actually used. It's I think it's supposed to be, like, if we lose power, that for eight hours we can still get, like, like phone service and things like that, right? Oh, okay. And so, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know why the ba-. So, I went on to Verizon to, you know, to see what to do to troubleshoot for it. And I was like, well, yeah, while well, I'm here, just for... Just for the heck of it, let's uh, check out and see if uh, BBC America is still not on my plan. And I checked and like, <gasps> it's on again. Yeah, I was like, went straight up and uh, got uh, Dirk Gently all queued up on my uh, on the uh, on demand to to watch as soon as I'm done Game of Thrones. So you erased all your wife's shows to make room on the DVR. Yeah. Good, good man. <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. Unfortunately, there's a, a still a, a disturbing amount of space on the DVR devoted to This Is Us, so uh, which you wouldn't find disturbing. I, think, I was going to say we've had this conversation. We won't. <laughs> uh, I like it. You not so much, but <laughs> shocking that we disagree. I know. Well, so. I mean, for those of you who enjoy This Is Us, I really haven't watched a whole episode. Yeah, I've caught scenes here and there, and I haven't liked liked it what I what I saw there. But maybe if I sat down and watched the whole episode, I might like it. But that's just never going to happen. So well, and and the, the one thing I do like about, it, I mean, I think it's a good story, and, and and certainly at the heart of it is that. But I do enjoy the narrative storytelling devices that they've employed. So yeah, there is that. And it's interesting. And I'll, I'll just leave it at that because we got for, for only one episode, I don't know about you, but I got a lot to say about this one. So yeah, I have like more than one page of notes. So, all right, well, we are here to discuss the librarian season three finale, episode 10 titled the librarians and the wrath of chaos. Uh, but before we get to the discussion, you know, love to hear from you. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com. Check us out at the website. You can leave a voicemail there, record your own audio clip and send it to us at that email address. Tweet us at sci-fi TV rewatch and, you know, consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. So we got a big piece of news today. 
we got the season four renewal announcement from TNT, and they're going to air the first episode later this year, which is, you know, a Right away, it's like, oh, that's awesome. But that's what they do every year, yeah, right? Like right. Just late November, early yes. you know, December. So yeah. regardless, uh, no news on number of episodes, but I would think Vegas odds would ten, say maybe. 10. <laughs> 10. So, but though, certainly- did, you, did you see what they're doing for the last two seasons of Game of Thrones? Uh, they're like little mini seasons. Yeah, it's like they're right? doing like eight and six or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, What? I'm, uh, I mean, whatever. Well, of course, as you've said many times, because I know you read the books, that yeah, they've run out of materials. They don't have any source material anymore. So, and you can't get uh, George R. R. Martin off his couch watching NFL games. To, yeah, not this you know, time of year. Not this time of year getting to work. So we'll see. Now, we did get uh, one little piece of listener feedback via Twitter, and it's from Kelly Parks, who says, have you seen actor Doug Jones in the award-winning zombie short Universal Dead? Now, I I forgot to mention that to you, and I'll send you the link. It's like an 18-minute short, you know, well-produced. And, and, you know, I keep meaning to look it up, but I believe Doug Jones was – the actor that played who was the alien in falling skies that was sort of like the ambassador uh, oh cochise cochise i believe he played cochise ah. in falling skies not not that you could tell by right you know in, in the show but uh yeah, yeah i you know i i looked at a couple unless of minutes he really of looks it. like that then he'd really stand out well good point but you know i watched about a minute or so of this short I know you're going to like it if the first minute is any indication. So I'll get you that yeah. link later on. Well, I think the word zombie is an indicator that I'm going <laughs> to like it. So, yeah. yeah, Universal Dead maybe a little bit. So uh, I'll get you that later on. But All right. why don't we get to The Librarians? Episode 10, Season 3, The Librarians and the Wrath of Chaos. This one's written by Marco Schnabel, who also wrote the season premiere of, C- of Season 3, Rise of Chaos, along with Dean Devlin. Directed by Mark Roskin, who also directed Fangs of Death. He also directed the season two finale. And like almost every other episode. Yeah, uh, quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> and this one aired January 22nd, 2017. So, uh, you know, any initial thoughts or comments before we get into it? Um, well, again, I was happy that we have a very librarian esque type episode with lots of action and snappy dialogue and things like that and not the plotting morose episode we had two episodes ago well that's true and and it's funny as as often happens with me and i think part of it's a byproduct of my first viewing i'm sitting there taking notes as well so i sort of lose the flow sometimes and i won't say i was disappointed because i wasn't i enjoyed it but when i watched it a second time I really enjoyed it. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, certainly, as you said, very librarian-esque. Um, you know, we, I think we really only had that one episode where sure. we were really on opposite ends here. Right. Yeah. But, you know, other than, you know, the one thing, and you you know I have to say something about it, that, you know, that that statement that was put out there. And again, you know, you guys out there, if I misread something, please tell me but no you didn't misread it i mean they were very cagey about it uh you know saying there will be a death 
you know, of a major character. And, you know, I mean, probably, I mean, they, they kind of played us a little bit. I mean, not that I, I mean, I didn't definitely didn't want any of those characters to die at all. So in the end, like no hard feelings, Charlene, but I'm glad that it was her and not uh, the other, especially since she's like kind of still with the show and everything. But yeah, they, you know, they kind of play us because then, you know, they make that announcement. And so you're like watching it just, I admit it probably ramped up the intensity a little bit, though, you know, because we're thinking, well, maybe Flynn might actually die here, you know? Right, because it is the librarians and, and it was centered around the three. So it was a real possibility, particularly since Noah Wiley's been writing and directing more than he has in the past. Right. But like I said, for him to just, you know, shut off that, that valve, you know, to not be able to play Flynn. I mean, Flynn's... Yeah, he he was he started this whole thing, you know. Like sure. So for him to to close off that character altogether, I just didn't see that happening, you know. Yeah. Now, as I I'll said go, before, and, and apparently, and I forget, you know, which one of the listeners pointed this out to us, but and and I apologize if it wasn't Dean Devlin, but somebody associated with Leverage at the time it was airing sent out a similar message and similarly really didn't follow through with it. So I guess I should say I was warned that this was going to happen, but I go back to my long held belief that I wish showrunners would just simply produce their shows, stay off Twitter, but I know we've gone down a path from which there's no turning back. Nonetheless, you know, I, I yeah. guess, but like you, you can, said, you can choose to like, you know, not reveal stuff, right? Like you, you, you can still be on Twitter and not say, "Oh, a major character is going to die." Yeah, but you do. But then again, you can use it. You know, people are. It added a layer, I guess, to the show. And it, I wasn't disappointed that Flynn didn't die. I was thrilled that he didn't die. There was a point there. I thought he really was going to die, and I was like, I can't believe they're actually going to kill off Flynn. That's crazy. You know. So I guess it. If they hadn't made that announcement, I probably would be sitting back like, oh, they're going to come up with something. No way is Flynn going to die, you know? Right. But because they said, like, you know, and like Charlene, yeah, I mean, she's a major character, but let's face it, she hasn't been on that many episodes, so. Right. Um, and is she dead, I guess? Well, yeah. Well, she's a different plane of existence, I guess, okay. so. All right. Well, look, if that's the only thing I've got to complain about, Let's move on. And I know this is going to well, come there, as a sh- I do have some nitpicks here. I lo- First of all, let me say I love the episode. Okay. Really enjoyed it. But there were some blatant nitpicks, and I will reveal them as we go along. Well, yeah, and I had a few too. But I think from a narrative storytelling uh, episode, I, I there were some nice twists. And there were, you know, there again, maybe we even are talking about the same kinds of things. But- Overall, really good episode. Yeah. So the first thing I just want to point out, I know this will come as a shock to you. It's about Cassandra's outfit. <laughs> but well, that my... was that was one. I, okay. I'm just like, does does when when wardrobe comes to Lindy Booth, does she just like seriously? Well, you know, see, I, I guess I feel like this outfit clearly reflected a more mature attitude. But and the skirt was like at her armpits. It was very short. There's no question. But I, I guess I just felt the outfit compared to what she's worn in the past just seemed to be a bit more mature. And I, I have to wonder whether it's a reaction to the surgery 
and the new abilities, and perhaps she she just uh, sees herself in know. a different they light. They gave her that short skirt, and there were definitely some shots where they were definitely highlighting her legs. Like, there's no question about it, you know. Like, I, you just would you ever go into the field dressed like that? Because that's what she does. She knows they're following up on. I generally the prefer pants. But would you? Yeah, ahead. right. You just she would probably say, "Hey, let's go." But wait, can give me a second to go put on a pair of pants. Because I'm not going to South Dakota in this skirt. This is crazy. Right. You know? So. But then again, you could say, well, they, you know, Jenkins was like, let's go right now. Let's go. You know, like they had to hurry, hurry. And so it's like whatever you're in, but I, I don't know. Well, right. And we'll get to that because, you know, they were all sitting around the library bored out of their skulls when suddenly something came up. And as you said, it, it just seemed as if it was urgent to leave yeah. right then so but i just think it's like just kind of like gratuitous and then like she obviously she has but wonderful legs um yeah but it's just like there was you know not necessary and so you know maybe i'm just feeling it after the the big march this weekend down in dc um stand up for women's rights a little bit more that they shouldn't have to objectify themselves and have to be like sex objects all the time right well maybe she pr- likes that so, i, I- See, that's just what a male chauvinist would say, Dave. I know. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's but move here, on. I just want to say, I'm just going to put this out here because it's just like, this is like the big thing. So speaking of South Dakota, how did they get from South Dakota back to Seattle like before Dosa was done packing up? The magic portal. No. no. Magic portal broken. Okay. They got there in a the truck, remember? Like they were oh, like, Thanks yeah. for the ride, dude. Thanks for the ride from freaking South Dakota to Seattle? Had, uh, <laughs> like, I believe that had the a truck in have it. like a did it have like a, a warp drive? Turbocharged. Come on. <laughs> Come on. All right. Um, yeah. Like all right. All right. Well, speaking of Dosa, does General Rockwell have ulterior motives or is the usurping of the library's contents merely typical government desire to control everything? I mean, we we find out some things along the way, but, you know, at the end, she's pretty willing to surrender the artifacts that she's obtained. And I don't know, somehow it doesn't ring true. Now, maybe you could argue she just had APEP inhabiting her body and and. You know, so so maybe that's yeah, that'll do something to a girl. Yeah, so maybe she's been so irrevocably impacted that she wants to get as far away from this world as possible. On the other hand, she's got superiors as well, so she yeah. can't very well go say, "Well, you know, I had all the stuff, but I let them have it back." I don't know. I think just Rockwell. She always feels like that somebody's watching her. You know, I think that's her problem. Yeah. Now you know that's the twice I've done that to you, and you still don't get it. I don't get it. I did it last time, too. Because, like, this guy Rockwell in the 80s had a song called Somebody's Watching Me. And Michael Jackson did the background vocals. So I stuck it in last podcast, and you, like, played it off like I was saying something. <laughs> that I didn't get. <laughs> well, yeah. But, like, you know, like, oh, okay. That's a good point, Wayne. <laughs> yeah, good point, Wayne. <laughs> I just said it again. But this time I'll let you off the hook. All right. Well, so, But anyway, I mean, what I really want to say is that I think she just realizes – they point out to her the that they are completely and utterly ill prepared to handle the the artifacts that they think she can, but you know, obviously her experience, especially with APEP, shows that she has zero control over these and and that she should really leave it to the grown ups. You know. Well, I agree, and I agree that that's why she did it. My 
question is how is she going to tell her superiors that I had the library and I gave it back to them, even though it was the right call to make from her perspective? Yeah, I don't know. So, okay. Now, just be like, that, just like Trump, go on Twitter and say it never happened and then boom. <laughs> All right. right. Now, I know. I'm I, sorry. I, I just, that's okay. It still hurts. Now, I thought the death scene between Flynn and Eve would have been a little bit more heart-wrenching. But again, on a second watch, I think it had a lot more emotion than I realized the first time. And when we get to that, we'll talk a little bit about it. Okay. But obviously, watching it a second time, knowing what we know at the end, you see things completely differently, which, again, narratively speaking, I I thought was really well done and and really clever. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, because the first time for so much of it, you're wondering, you know, what's going on and you're not sure. And then, you know, the second time you have that ability to know actually what is going on and you notice things, especially with Eve and her, you know, back and forth, um, loyalty, disloyalty, loyalty um, kind of deal. Right. Seeing her in a DOSA uniform was a little difficult. Yeah, that was rough, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Yep. So, you know, opening scene, Eve's meeting with General Rockwell, and and she flat out agrees to give her the library. But then there's that little negotiation because she doesn't want to include the three librarians. And, and, you know, she's non-negotiable on that. Eventually, Rockwell reluctantly agrees. And then, the the, you know, those four words, the library is yours. Yeah. Um, And I'm thinking like, okay. Okay. Well, okay. So you remember... Last episode, I was like super adamant, absolutely not evil in no way ever betray the library, not going to happen. You know, like I couldn't have said it in any stronger words, right? Sure. So at this point, I'm still convinced. I'm like, ah, you know, this is, this is not, she's, she's playing Rockwell. This, this is a setup somehow. Obviously, no ways this Eve is actually betraying the library. So that's where I am at this point. So I'm going to, I'm going to go on a little journey here. As the episode progresses. So every time we get some, pl- I'll check in and let you know what I was thinking about Eve at that point. If I knew any Journey songs, I was ready to sing a line there, but. Don't stop believing. Okay, Come okay. on. Hold on to the feeling. Well, I think the thing about it is, though, since it is the season finale, you know, you realize, because we've talked many times about uh, bad Cassandra, bad a possibility of, a, of an evil Eve, and, and we're thinking like, okay, maybe we'll go into season four. Now, of course, at that point, we didn't know whether or not we were going to get one. Right. I think we all suspected we would. Sure. So it, it's Numbers certainly a solid, possibility. Right? But when she turns the library over, I'm wondering, does this imply that Dosa would have taken the library by force had Eve not agreed? Yeah, well, I mean, that's the one part where she was like, well, you know, they were going to take the library no matter what. I'm like, how? Well, yeah. you know, when when Flynn and Jenkins were, were looking at the, you know, the surveillance outside, and, and he was very, I think, disconcerted that, you know, there are like two dozen hard, uh, heavily armed men out there. I mean, he seemed genuinely concerned. Now, I'm like you. You got all this magic inside. Right. Surely two dozen guys in SWAT uniforms aren't going to pose a problem, sure. but maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they, they did it, right? But they, they had to get it. I, I think they, 
I don't think they would have gotten in had she not given them access, right? You can't just walk into the library and just take it. I don't, can you? Well, how, how did think, the Serpent Brotherhood do it? Well, I don't know, but I think Eve just simply made it easier. I think, right. she, but my point is, was Dosa going to try? Whether or not they would have been successful is another question, but it seems as if they were going to try to take it by force. Now, you know, as we said, you know, the episode also opens that that the librarians are walking around. They don't know what to do with themselves. They haven't had a case in weeks. And that's when Eve admits what's been going on with her and Dosa, that she's been playing them and that, you know, they have a lead on a Native American artifact and they should investigate. And of course, Flynn's suspicious stays behind but of course in retrospect it makes perfect sense but i, I don't know right. if you notice stone as soon as he hears about native american languages he can hardly contain his excitement sure. he's right. like a little oh little yeah. boy on christmas yep yep so let me tell you where i am with eve at this point now okay okay so before like i said it seemed like she was betraying the library but i wasn't having it and so here i feel like i'm just fine ah, see i was right Eve would never betray the library. You see, she was playing Dosa. Okay, so now I'm thinking all is back and right with the world, so we're good. Okay. And and that's, I think, what you have to think to a certain extent at that point. Right. All right, well, the three of them end up in North Dakota. Yes, replaying National Treasure 2. Exactly. Oh, awesome movie. Let's <laughs> not get into it now. Yeah, yeah. And but a lot, you have up- to admit, a lot of, lot of uh, similarities. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, no question. All Jones wants to do is sightsee. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The same thing with the submarine, right? Right. Now, of course, they immediately find an artifact that leads them to another clue that leads them on a scavenger hunt. And, and we're thinking like, all right, this is awfully damned easy. Stone realizes it's a, a fake mission. Doesn't take him long to figure out the flaws in the hide on which the note's written. Right. He says, I'm from Oklahoma. I know hides. Like, I'm not sure, but I'm thinking maybe... People from Oklahoma might not appreciate that line very much. Right, right. But, you know, as you just said, at this point, I'm thinking like, all right, who sent them here? Was it Eve or Dosa? Well, clearly it was, well, actually Flynn, I guess. And Yeah, well, Flynn, Eve. Right, but you wonder why Flynn would have made the mistake of using, you know, store-bought hide, or did he just want to get rid of them long enough? Yeah. To execute, you know, I his think and that's Eve's. It. Right. Okay. Because they figure, well, they're in South Dakota. No way will they ever be able to get back to Seattle in time to interfere with the plan. South Little Dakota is know. just way too far away from Seattle. Right. So, all right. Well, back at the library. I'll be harping on that for a little bit. Uh, that's okay. All right. Jenkins <laughs> notices that the door's been dismantled. Jenkins and Flynn see Eve leading Dosa soldiers into the library. And and again, you know, in, in retrospect, we, we understand that it doesn't really bother Flynn. But, you know, one of the things that's, that's really difficult to take in this episode, not so much that the three young librarians get played, but that Jenkins gets played. Well, I mean, to say I mean, I know played, he has to. Right. Well, I don't know. Like, like to, to get played would, like, like they're trying to take advantage of him for something and they're really not. They're just, their plan requires for them to be out of the picture, like kind of for their own safety. And also, so in case they fail, right? I mean, like she said, like they were the backup plan. Like if should Flynn and Eve not succeed with APEP, then they would need 
you know, Jenkins would have to help out the librarians still. Well, that's true. And, and at this point, Eve really does appear upset. And, and of course, even though we know it's all part of the ruse, I wonder if it's that she just feels terrible for keeping Jenkins out of the loop and lying to him, you know, whether or not, as you, you said, it, it's that was really a necessary part of the plan. But, you know, they enter the library proper and, and Jenkins, of course, is standing there with his sword. But, and I don't know that we knew immortality could be neutralized, but it was still pretty cool what, what Eve did. Yeah. And even cooler how she brought him back. I was like saying, holy Harry Hamlin, right? It's just yeah. like out of, you know, Clash of the Titans. What a bad movie. What? Well, the second <laughs> one was, right? You're not talking to the first one, surely. Uh, don't call me Shirley. Um, but yeah, I was. You didn't like the first, well, I guess I was just, I was just a kid, but I thought it was yeah. brilliant when I was a kid. All right. Well, you know, so now we right, go wait, back. Hold on. Before we All get right, too far, ahead. I can't let this pass because when Eve and Rockwell enter the library, Rockwell goes, I had no idea it was this big. And then Eve <laughs> says, bigger than you could imagine. I could... I think I even said the first time. I was like, that's what she said. Uh, right. And, and that, you know, there were two lines that would have been perfecter. <laughs> that was one of them. The other was if Rockwell came in and said, wow, it's bigger on the inside. Right. Now that would have been cool. That would have been that cool. That would have been cool. But they probably would have gotten sued, but probably right. not. You know, I think more and more shows, I mean, why would, why would Doctor Who be mad at that? that you know, right. It's, it's just free advertising. But Exactly. Regardless, um, you know, Jenkins there with his sword and, you know, he, he's, you know, willing to, you would say fight to the death, but you know, that's not what he's, that what he's thinking. Right. Now, now Flynn, meanwhile, is trying to manage to save a few items. And that's, again, one of those things that knowing what we know, it possibly really was if this thing goes south at least we do have something so that that wasn't necessarily just, I mean, I know in that one scene, he's like leaving little breadcrumbs towards the end, right. To get, uh, to get a pep slash. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, to follow him. But I think for the most part, I think he's trying to save as many items as he can because again, they, they, they hope the plan works, but you know, it, it depends on a lot of things right. going right. Not the least of which is Rockwell opening the sarcophagus. Right. Um, I, I, it's just really, really funny like to see Flynn going around collecting artifacts on the little trolley and sneaking past the Dosa guys. And it's just really, you know, like, you know, lying on top of the bookcase as he's talking to them and everything. It's just, just great little scenes of, you know, classic Flynn material. Oh, oh, absolutely, no question. And and but I guess what I did like about this, if we accept that he really is trying to save a few just in case, well, to me the narrative stakes have to be that high. There has to be a, a reasonable chance that they'll fail. And again, given that it's the season finale, we certainly could see Dosa taking control of the library and then season four, them getting it back. So at this point, again, you know, good storytelling, I think. Yeah. And, and they're honestly, I mean, I know we talked about this. I mean, there was probably about this point. I'm like, I don't think they're going to get this story in. You know, I think there's, 
there's like too much going on. I don't think we're getting, you know, complete resolution at the end of this one. You know, like maybe they are, you know, crossing their fingers for a season four and then, you know, that the story's going to carry over to that. Yeah, I wondered the same thing. And if nobody can ever accuse the librarians of pacing issues. <laughs> no. You know? And certainly this, you said, and I agree with you, there were a number of times I thought, how are they going to wrap this thing up? There's like eight, nine minutes to go, and, and they did it, and it didn't seem hurried or rushed. It just it just was really perfect. Yeah. Now, the three of them return to the library, and they see the DOSA agents removing crates. Did you see the, the, the one artifact that was pretty much front and center? Uh, I didn't. Ark of the Covenant. Oh, no way. Yeah, I missed that. Oh, man. So now, arguably, for me, the most emotionally charged scene in the episode occurs as Eve's telling Jenkins that she had no choice because he's crushed. I mean, he to me, he's he's alternating between being angry. You know, uh, he feels like he's been uh, lied to, used, and and I just really feel like even though she knows. What she's doing, she can't tell him. It's like she's got to sit there and take it from him. Yeah, and but here's the point where I'm like, oh, man, because you know, it really does seem like she actually did betray the library. And the first time I watched this, I'm like, you know, I'm going to totally have to eat some crow here because I was so adamant that she would never betray the library. And at this point, it looks like that she really did. Now, of course, she had you know what appears to be good reasons but you know as you know Jenkins says those reasons are crap that's a terrible reason like you should never have done this um but it really seemed like she actually did it, and i was starting to feel like i had completely misjudged her right i mean he says in one single act you've ruined everything we worked for and i mean that just had to hit her in the heart like a knife and then when he mentions that her job was not to protect the library but was to protect the librarian's souls you're right. And, and, you know, again, in retrospect, she just feels horrible. But it's, it's pretty much here, though, that we learn it was Flynn that left the clues and not Dosa. And, in fact, he's kind of surprised that they're back already. And, of course, that speaks to what you've, you've mentioned Which, twice already. Exactly, because South Dakota is not really within quick driving distance of Seattle. Of course, maybe they took a plane and then got the car for the last hour. Still. But, okay. It really, like, there's just no, like, they don't even bother trying to explain it. They just roll up in a truck, and they're like, thanks for the ride, dude. It's like, what? Well, well, you know, it's here. You where- know what they're playing? They're playing on uh, uh, the people of America being too stupid to know that, A, that Mount Rushmore is in South Dakota, and then, B, that South Dakota is not close to Seattle. Well, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Right. They just figure we're dumb, which is well, which is because we've said on a number of times. I, I think the librarians does a good job of of sneaking some education in there, and you know, well, maybe that's what Dean Devlin and the guys wanted us to do here is uh, question how they got there so quickly. But what I thought at this point, as it does seem to be falling into Dosa's hands is whether or not they're going to do something to cut the library's tether from this reality. Now, granted, they just kind of got everything back in order 
from the last time that's happened. So right, right, yeah. But still, but you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. Right now, Eve twenty hours. Me. By the way, twenty hours driving. Okay, from Sioux Falls to Seattle, Washington. Okay, all right. Just saying. Well, all right. Well, Eve tells Rockwell about the sarcophagus and Apep, but the general admits to not only having it, but you know, taking Eve to see it. And and I think to a certain extent, she wanted to brag about the. Uh, security system that she's got around it. And of course we'd already seen that APEP could come and go as he pleased. Right. You know, w- w- with that, uh, I think that was either last week or the week before, but yeah, you know, while, two weeks ago. But yeah. 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 So while all this is going on, you know, the three young ones uh, sneak into the back of a DOSA vehicle, break into the DOSA facility and then realize that DOSA has built its own library. Now there were, there were a couple of people on, uh, the internet, you know, in the, in a Facebook group, and then uh, also in the Reddit librarians group that were mentioning that it, it reminded them of Warehouse 13. Now, I only saw the pilot, but I know you saw it, so I don't mm-hmm. know if that was any kind of a... Well, I mean, the library itself, I think, is more like Warehouse 13 than the Dosa place. But, I mean, that shot where they, they're up on the balcony and they're looking over the whole of the the warehouse... That was that was like a that was like the money shot every episode of Warehouse Thirteen. They would they would do that. I think like almost once every episode, someone would be standing up in the balcony looking over the whole of the warehouse. So in that way, it, it was. But as far as like the actual setup, I mean, like there's so many parallels between the librarians and Warehouse Thirteen. It's, it's like not even funny, right? And, so they are absolutely right. The people who said that, right? And I do believe I, I read. A tweet somewhere from Dean Devlin that that the librarians were at least a full year and a half before Warehouse Thirteen. So I, I think somebody was mentioning it, kind kind of ma- making a comment that the librarians borrowed from Warehouse Thirteen. When of course it was, you know, any comparisons would go the other way. Right. But um, you know, I, I got to go back to what I said earlier about Rockwell's superiors accepting her decision to give the library back because you don't build a facility this elaborate and then just say, ah, you know what? You're right. Yeah. Let them have it. So I, I hope this is not the last we've heard of dose. I, again, I, I, I know don't think it is. And, and I know there's a lot uh, of feelings on both sides about dose. I know a lot of people really did not like dose as a foe this season. I, I thought APEP plus dose was a perfect combination and, and and again i really love how they worked it out together in the finale but well i like and, how and, they they were able to because they you know, basically dosa and they have been pretty incompetent all along and here you know we always said that rockwell doesn't seem incompetent she seems kind of hardcore but even her, she too. Like I shouldn't say necessarily incompetent, but just I mean, she's so overcome with hubris and confidence. She's so overconfident that you know she all. Well, I mean, they actually use that, right? They count on her pride, her hubris, and her overconfidence in order to like quote unquote screw things up, but actually do what they want to do. Right, and, and again, Vanessa Williams is such a great character. Uh, or I'm sorry, Vanessa Williams is such a great actress right. in, in this character, so it would be shame to have this be the last of seeing her. But we we can't forget about the other thing that we learned, which is that Eve 
is a sleeper agent or has been a sleeper agent for DOSA. And, and we certainly can't reconcile that with the fact that the library called Eve. Well, so how uh, all this really played out. I mean, she's only a sleeper agent if she actually provides intel to DOSA. Well, I yeah, mean, but it, it, the implication is that Rockwell placed her. But in, but, but here's, I mean, like what I said last week, though, right? Like she didn't place her. The library chose Eve. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know? So it's just Rockwell being stupid again because, she, you know, being arrogant, thinking, well, I got you in there. I'm the one who engineered this. It just shows, as I said before, she has absolutely zero understanding of how the library actually works. And that's well, like that's her true. undoing. That's right. why she no. can't let she can't try to store these because she has no clue what she's doing. Right. Now the the you know, once inside the facility, I guess what I found really fascinating, aside from the fact that they've got Jenkins trapped in this uh little box. Yeah. But it seems odd that Flynn wouldn't have tried to protect the clippings book first. Because we see the clippings book yeah. is there as well. But maybe Poor its proximity thing. wasn't conducive, so yeah, but well, I, they just I, want all those things to be safe, right? And they know that they're safe there because they won't get hurt in the battle between them and APEP. Right, exactly. That's true as well. Now we we find out right away that Jones, you know, you talk about hubris. Um, it was kind of deflating when he realizes that he cannot break into you know, any of these, these chambers. I mean, he gets through that first door, so they get closer to Jenkins, but that that's about it. Right. And, and Cassandra thinks she can solve the riddle, you know, now that they realize that, Oh, okay. The, the, these, you know, there's like little riddles on the other hand, why would you put like a riddle there? <laughs> that's exactly what I said. It's like, if you really don't want anyone to break into this, you don't put clues as to how to break people out of it on it. Like it's just, and, and like, because it's, it's even though like they had to do the opposite of what they normally would do, they, they still, that was part of the puzzle. And so they actually figured out the puzzle thereby, you know, like doing what they do as librarians, right? Like they, sure. they, the, the part of the puzzle was they have to do the opposite of what the answers to the puzzle are, which they figure out thereby solving the puzzle. Right. And this whole thing that whether or not DOSA has outsmarted them and they realize, oh, it's not that we're the smartest people in the world, uh, hubris anyone, yeah. uh, they realize they have to be dumb. And, and as you said, it's like, okay, so the exact opposite. All right. What's the worst password in the world? Okay. Password. All right. I thought uh, I was going to do I'll, one, two, three, four, five, you know, like from Spaceballs. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll take that. And I do know that one. Yeah, they, they, uh, I, if they had done that, that would have been awesome. Then well, just one, two, three, four, five. I would, I think a large number of people could would get that and appreciate that. Well, they did get how many librarians does it take to get Jenkins out of the box? Yeah, that was good. All right, so but then he claims to not know the library's failsafe code, which then you know again we realized that they were a failsafe, not a failsafe code. So, and that's fine. All right, so. Rockwell shows Eve the sarcophagus, and Eve mentions a protection artifact, the opal of Nefertiti, which I guess is a real thing within the librarian's world. But after Eve leaves, and and here's, again, one of my problems. Rockwell opens it. Well, so the first time 
I was like, why would she do that? You know? And then the second time when you, when I watched it the second time, you really see Eve does a really, really good job of kind of goading her, you know, like, cause I yeah. didn't, I didn't catch it first cause I thought that Eve was on her side. And so, you know, I didn't, you know, realize that she was actually a double, double agent. Um, but so you watch it the second time, you see like Eve really, like she really kind of actually lay it on a little thick as to like, oh, well, you know, if we were the librarians, here's what we would do, but I'm sure you're fine and there's no problem and everything's hunky-dory, you know. She totally just taunts her into that behavior. Right, and, and you know, that clearly shows that, that she must know Rockwell better than we've been led to believe because, again, how did she know she would open it? How did she know that approach would work? Because, as we've kind of alluded, it seems kind of a dumb thing to do right. with something this dangerous. Right. Well, Rockwell is her mentor, so she knows her pretty well, right? Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're saying it correctly. All right. So, Flynn continues to move artifacts, though it's not clear how he manages to avoid Dosa. But as you said a few minutes ago, that that's part of the charm of that scene. Sure. But eventually he comes face to face with his portrait. And, and we've seen that once before. And I really love that scene. That, that Well, it's, it's the cover for the DVD of the, uh, the, well, no, the but first I mean, we've, movie. We, we've seen it in, in the yeah. series before. Right. But, but what I really liked about it is the fact at this point he thinks he's going to die. He thinks he's going to kill himself. Right. And and, and it's a it's like the spear of destiny that he's holding, which is the first his first adventure right. as a librarian. So it's kind of like come full circle. So like we're really kind of getting it like, oh, they're they are, they very well might kill off Flynn because they're having him kind of you know, they're they're bring this where he's reflecting upon his very first adventure as a librarian. So. Right. And it says it's been a long journey for you and me. And then of course, when he talks to Charlene in the mirror, you mean Charlene she, Juan Kenobi, right, right. Where she just wants to make sure he understands that it's his life that has to be taken. Right. And then of course, that was a nice touch with Judson appearing next to and behind her. Yes. Which I was, I mean, that's probably like, because he didn't say anything, so it's probably not actually. I mean, right, they probably just sure. took old footage of Bob Newman. Yeah, yeah. yeah I hear they have this thing called Photoshop. They might have. Do they? So, yeah, I know. Actually, Michael would say, "You idiots! That's not how they did it." <laughs> All right, or you but guys, I mean, it's, it's clearly they they took footage from an earlier episode and sure. you know, popped it in right. there. Yep. So Rockwell now plans to detonate the library, which apparently was not part of the the deal that she had made with Eve and of course Eve realizes well, Apex is going to do it like it, exactly right and and again Apex uh, Apex is not too good at concealing himself he no. goes you know but like all the like the Dosa guys are seemingly like not questioning it hey like her eyes are totally black and she's talking kind of like a guy yeah ah uh, yeah it's okay yeah. well well that long walkway out to that spot in the middle of the large, large area. That was a pretty cool shot. And I, and I did see there's a photo that the librarians have released where I, I don't think they're necessarily using a green screen proper, but it's, it's certainly a digitally enhanced scene and, and that you just see the long walkway in isolation, but it still looks pretty cool. And, and in reality, it was, it was really well done, but at this point, Jenkins runs into Eve, and after telling her how angry he is, 
she reveals oh yeah dude it was just like uh chewy and lando in empire strikes back right oh yeah as yeah. i was like totally like man they really are borrowing from star wars on this one yeah and and you know the whole idea of working together to trap apep in the library and then killing him with the eye of Ra. but jenkins tells her what she didn't know, which is that the eye of Ra only works with a human sacrifice, which of course, at this point, I mean, we knew, but now all of them realize that it's got to be Flynn. And, and again, this is not part of the plan that Eve made with Flynn, which again, just ups the stakes because of what we thought we knew was going to happen according to the showrunner. And and here we are in a season finale. And no matter how much, sense it makes to keep flynn alive you just never know right well so um all right well eve doesn't know where flynn's going of course and 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 the bomb is armed and detonated they didn't give it a very long countdown i'm not a big fan of countdowns but i certainly appreciated that this one oh we got the zero that never happens right i know i know and it and it detonated trapping eve jenkins and the team uh Apep, a.k.a. Apophis, which is my Stargate SG-1 reference because nice. anybody that's watched Stargate and, and seen... I don't know that we saw Apophis in the episode I think we might saw. have. I think we did, yeah. But uh, They're you know, the guys with the big Egyptian masks and they shoot out the eyes. And oh, stuff. yes. We did see him, yeah. yes. Um, so, Apep... I, I just actually remember what I was thinking before. because So, Jenkins has known for actually, like, since, like, way back that when Flynn got the Eye of Ra, what he was going to have to do, right? So he's yeah. been kind of holding on to that secret this whole time. And now, now he blurts it out? Yeah, I know. You know? Like, right. I don't know. Well, Just and saying. then, of course, at, at this point, Apep appears as a male hologram. Right. Uh, and then Eve is, again, upset because you promised you wouldn't leave. And, and of course, that kind of has double meaning of him always running off to the next adventure. But here it's really leaving. And, and we're thinking, all right, is this part of the plan? And, and we're, we're guessing no. Right. Well, but that, her- that kind of leaving, he can't promise that he won't do. You know, it's like. Well, well of course. That, that leaving happens to everyone. So, you know. So, you know, he tells her he loves her and, and we, we get that image of, I guess we would say pure evil appears to be rising out of the hole that, that yeah. Apep has blown in the, in the floor there, uh, claims he's restoring the world to its natural state, but we can see it's not going to be easy for our boy Flynn. Yeah. And that's like the third show that I know of that's had like this image of evil as a black cloud of smoke, right? Okay. Okay. Is I, I, the L word is the first one. Okay. That I will not refer to because I don't like when people over refer to the L O S T show. But, oh, okay. <laughs> um, do you think I meant lesbian? Because you were like, didn't go for when I said the L word. But, uh, and then Supernatural as well. Like, uh, last season, they had, uh, God's sister was kind of like the incarnation of evil and she was represented by this black smoke. Oh, so. okay. Amidst all of this, Rockwell wakes up and she's back to being herself. And, and and again, I thought it was a nice quick scene where she's surprised that Jenkins is going to help her. And he just says, well, that's what we do. And, yeah. you know. Well, which, cool. which also might play into her decision later. Yes, yeah. I agree. Yep. 
So Eve demands that the three figure out something to save Flynn. Yeah. And and then, of course, they do, you know, the tattoo on Jacob's forearm uh, from Shangri-La comes into play. Flynn goes one-on-one with Apep at this point. And he, of course, tells him that he would die for them, brings out the Eye of Ra, and, and he's ready to do it, all right? I mean, at this point, he doesn't know what that he was he t- ready to do it. He did it. Yeah, he did it. And and uh, it distresses Apep, but, of course, uh, the black mist seems to be going into Flynn, and I guess what we're led to believe is that once it all goes in, then he is going to die. But what did you think about I mean, number one, brilliant that they turn Apep human and then he becomes right. a human sacrifice. But Stone, I'm going to restore the gift of inner soul. Yeah. Cassandra, I'm going to give you the power of thought. Okay. Let me stop you right there. Okay. What? <laughs> right? All right. Well, the uh, Jones. Go ahead. Cassandra. Yeah. Like she just threw her thoughts into his head. Okay. Well, we know she can do that. Remember, where in the where hospital, has she done that before? In, in the hospital with Did the nurse she, doing the Sudoku. Uh, okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But but, but she but, had to like explain it. She steps up. I can project my thoughts. Here, t- you know, it's like, it just was kind of, that one oh, was kind of well, like. Well, wait a minute. See, okay. So. Stone's going to give him yeah, inner soul. He's right. going to give him courage. Cassandra, the power yes, of thought, gives yes, him a brain. Brain, and then love potion gives him gives a heart. heart. I know. Okay. I caught it. I, I'm with yep. you. Okay, uh, it's was, right here. The notes, and I just thought that was brilliantly done. I mean, aside from the fact of, I how wish they sang. Flynn, they should have sang the song. That would have been great. Well, that would have been great. So. <laughs> But yeah, that was cool. I just, that whole thing of her like announcing, I have this superpower projecting my thoughts and I'm going to do it right now though I really haven't done it before. Boom. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. And then of course we find out that the three librarians were the fail safe. And, and I, I so again, love the fact that it wasn't some sort of a code, but it was just that, that we were leaving the library in your hands should it come to that and you sure. have complete confidence that you'll do the job. Well, and also if you remember from season one, season one, yeah. where like basically they were collecting all season, the stuff they need. No, it was season two, right? With the, no, I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it's season two actually where like basically the whole season they were collecting exactly what they would need. Maybe season one, I don't know, whatever. Basically, in the final, you know, battle, they used all this stuff that they'd been collecting throughout the whole season, and it appeared that it was like this was actually kind of like there was like some kind of engineering here, right? That it wasn't just chance that they had collected these artifacts that they were now using to defeat the bad guy. Like it almost like the library kind of like designed it this way and you kind of get that a little bit here too because they have exactly what they need to win when they need it you know at that moment well now what do you owe that to you owe it to the library well or or some force right okay beyond themselves okay which is a whole other which is the writer i love (laughs) yeah 
Well, well, we get to the end, and if as if this wasn't enough to get us to this point. So as we've already discussed, Rockwell has to decide whether the artifacts are safer with Dosa or the library, and of course she makes the right call. And But then the three young ones tell Eve and Flynn and Jenkins that they've decided not to use magic or their abilities only as a last resort. Well, okay. Well, okay. I, the magic part I get, but like your abilities, like Cassandra, right. like her ability is not magic. Right. Right. So does that mean heading into season four, the approach is going to be to fight evil all natural? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I you know, I used to have that line as my signature in my email a number of years ago, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh, I thought you were going to say fighting evil all natural. I'm like, that's an awkward line <laughs> yeah the parents would have <laughs> but the one that, that again that the very end flynn starts waxing poetic about an experience on the serengeti and then all of a sudden the clippings book shuts him up and i'm thinking right. like all right coincidence or or yeah does the clipping book have a mind of its own and doesn't want to hear about him either but then streaming service plagued by visions of the future and and of course they all spring into action Eve tells Flynn she understands as they're walking up the steps. Where are they headed, do you think? Um, to knock boots. Okay, that's I what say. I thought. <laughs> if she accepts him, faults, faults and all. Yes. It's a kid's show, remember. So. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. They, they Daddy, did. where do you think they're going? Oh, uh, they're, they're going to go read or something. It's a big library. They're probably going to go read stories and stuff. Yeah. But uh, is it an A+, plus? you know... I, I want to reserve A pluses. Yeah. We, you know, we've, we've had a few A pluses, yeah. but the Santa I mean, Claus it, episode. Yeah. I mean, certainly this is an A. And that know. other one, the, uh, the, when they were stuck in the, 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 the place. Right. 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 With the tone so, and everything. Yeah. But this one's definitely, know. I'll give it an A, solid A. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I liked it. Yeah. It was good. And like, you know, I mean, the, because it, it really, especially the first time, you know, I for there was a moment there where I thought that Eve was actually going to betray the library, and that was like, that's tough to pull off, right? Right, and that's what's so great about this episode is that you you have to watch it a second time to see all the nuance sure. that's that's buried in the episode right. because while it's certainly enjoyable watching it one time, there's so much there that you miss. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Anything you uh, want to throw out there that we didn't talk about yet? Uh, I think we pretty much. Did, did I mention how unrealistic it is for them to get from South Dakota to Seattle? No. Did, did I talk about no, that? No. No. How long a drive is that? <laughs> Twenty hours, apparently. Okay. Um, I guess we'll assume they maybe took a jet. Yeah. Santa sleigh. Yeah. I. I they're obviously. I, I said before they think we're stupid. I, I don't think that. I think they're just I like it, that. That you know, it's just a we need them to be there at that point, you know. And so we're just going to have them roll up in the in the truck, and you're just going to have to accept it, right? Just and don't don't quite don't think about it too much. <laughs> just let it roll because there's plenty of stuff coming up that you're going to enjoy. So just keep. Stay with us. Yep. And we do. Yep. I mean, I, I thought, like, when they rolled up, I like, oh, wait a second. They were just at, at Mount Rushmore, you know. 
And I'm like, uh, but then, you know, like the, because of the pacing, you don't really have time. You're just like, okay, I'll, I'll let it go. I don't agree with it, but I'll let it go. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I guess that's going to do it for us tonight. Love to hear from you. Oh, oh, oh. Go there ahead. is one thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because yeah, okay. at the one point when Flynn is trying to take back the artifacts, he releases the pipes of pan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they just chase it around. Yeah. But the pipes of pan puts people to sleep. Ah, good point. And we've, right? seen, and we've seen that before. Yeah, we've seen that. Right. So, like, when, when he released Pipes of Pan, like, oh, these guys are done for. They're totally going to pass out. And instead, they're, like, chasing all over the place. I'm like, wait, wait, what? Okay, <laughs> you know, that's like, a good point. So, all right, that's it. I'm out. All right. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. Love to hear from you with follow-ups about any of the Librarians episode, but the season finale, uh, what your thoughts are on season four, anything else you think we should be watching. like to encourage you to join the Facebook group and – Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to discuss something <laughs> because Wayne and I have been so busy lately. We haven't talked about it. I've got some ideas I'm going to throw out to him after we're off the air here, but I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll tweet out, post on the Facebook group. So you guys have some idea and, and <laughs> right. maybe even some participation with, if Wayne goes for my idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, so that's going to do it for us. But until then. So, Dave, did I ever tell you what, when I met Madonna, what I said to her? So, yeah, it was really cool. Like, I saw her. I said, hey, Madonna, for you and your backup singers, I'd be willing to get downright nasty. <laughs> <laughs>